Being a mom can be an emotional, stressful, and exhausting roller coaster, so it's okay if you don't have your shit together. None of us do. I'm Melissa Legacy, and this is the Young Mom Podcast. Okay, I'm so excited to have Audrey Judith with me today. We've been talking about doing this forever, so I'm so excited to finally have found the time to get together and do this. Um, because it's hard scheduling things when we both have kids. (laughs) So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, how many kids do you have, and how old you were when you became a mom? Yes, absolutely. So I'm so happy to be a part of this. Also, I thank you for, well, Ashley introducing you to me and getting getting to know you myself. Um, So I'm 26 years old. My name is Audrey Gonzalez. Um, I'm from Texas, like deep South Texas, maybe five minutes away from the Mexico border. Um, so I am a Latina mom. I do speak Spanish. Um, I have two kids. Landry is my oldest. He's four. And then I have Levi, who is one turning two in April. Um, I married my high school sweetheart and I'm just living the mom life. (laughs) (laughs) And you're staying at home, right? You're a stay at home mom. Correct. I am. And then you're also like an Instagram influencer. Yes. So I did um, leave my full-time job just to, um, when I had my second child, uh, it became a little hard to like handle like the full-time job and then, um, you know, take care of the kids. So I became a stay-at-home mom when I got pregnant with my second one. And I've been a stay-at-home mom for going on two years now. Um, Then I, I, I found the influencing um, journey and I've done that now for about a year. So, um, that's just something within itself. It's incredible because then I get to meet people like you. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Like if I would have never connected with Ashley, then I would have never connected with you. Yes, exactly. So we find, you know, incredible people like you and, you know, genuine, kind hearted and just really, really nice people, you know, I'm from all over. Like we are so far away from each other. Yes, absolutely. Um, and what did you do before for work? So before I worked at a shelter, um, since I am here by the border, I mentioned we do um, work with the Border Patrol Agency and um, whoever they they do take in, um, we, we get the children. Um, I was working in the boys shelter, so it was only males, um, young boys between the ages of eight to 18 years old. Um, we provided, you know, school for them, a place to stay, um, basically everyday living essentials was provided for them until we found as a case manager, that's what I worked. Yeah. Um, we found them, a family member here in the United States for them to stay with because most of their cases were, that living where they lived, um, it was very, you know, it was, they were sad stories, you know? Yeah. So we didn't want to, you know, have to do the whole deportations and then back, um, in, you know, in the way the government works here, they want to provide what's best for the children. So we would, that was my job before I became a stay at home. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I didn't know that's what you did before. Yes, it was very, very heart-wrenching. <laughs> I was just going to say that must have been so hard, but, like, also super rewarding, too, I guess, when, like, you found a home for them to go to. Yes, it was, I mean, the smile on their face till this day I can't forget. And now that I have boys of my own, um, well, I already had Landry, but now that I have two boys, 
it's like you like I would want to go back and just do it all over again because I feel like you know providing a home for these boys it's just like like you say rewarding you know yeah um, it, it, it's amazing oh my gosh that's so sweet that's crazy I didn't even know that that was like a thing that there was uh-huh. what did you call it again not a not a camp but a shelter. A shelter. I didn't know there was like shelters um, like that. That's crazy. Oh, that's amazing. Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you find that job? So my bachelor's degree is in uh, rehabilitation services, which falls under like a case manager, social worker. Um, and that job was re- presented to me by my professor in college. And he was like, I think you would do really incredible here because you just have a heart for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when he said he mentioned the job description and I was like, this sounds like something I would just totally pour my heart out to. And sure enough, you know, he set up a um, an interview for me with them. And it's just it was a job right out of college. So I, you know, aside from saying yes, I have heard where I'm from it is so hard to get a job once you graduate from college yeah. so I took as an, an initiative to say like you know what if this is my only chance I'm gonna take you know I'm gonna take it and grab on yeah of course that's amazing good for you okay and what would you say is the biggest struggle you've had to overcome or still struggle with since you became mom so my biggest struggle was um when I had my first child he I mean I guess it's for every first time mom you you deal with everything and to me it was breastfeeding I had the I mean I just literally felt the whole entire postpartum depression hit me when I went to my first lactation consultant meeting Mm -hmm. or appointment and she told me that I was basically starving my son in a nice way but she was like trying to calm me down and say, um, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but it, this happens to so many moms. Not yeah. just you, it's not doing nothing wrong, but, you know, your 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 flow is not coming in the way it's supposed to with, you know, your son being as hungry as he is. And I just felt like the worst mom ever. I was like, this is it. Like, I failed at being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I did do all these, you know, I did a ton of research and what I could do to help my flow, um, you know, come out more and be more, be more of a supply to his demand. And um, it was, it was, it came maybe like two, three weeks in, but during that time I had to mimic my, like my milk flow coming from a bottle, but put a straw next to my, you know, where he would breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, it was so crazy because I literally had to, you know, just do something that I was, you know, something that I didn't want to do. I just wanted it to be all like natural, but yeah. I did have formula feed the two, three weeks that the, the milk, my milk didn't come. Yeah. But um, it was in a way that it just opened my eyes to other mothers or moms who face the, you know, reality like, hey, your, our milk is not going to come right then and there but will it come then yes it will because let me tell you (laughs) I breastfed him for two and a half years after that so it turned out to be such a successful story but that was my biggest struggle and I definitely overcame it 
And to this day, I do miss my bond with him breastfeeding because it was just, I mean, it's just something when you breastfeed a child. I'm not saying it's any different from formula feeding, yeah. but it's just like, it just feels like our bodies talk to each other, you know, when we're yeah. breastfeeding a child. I just, I don't know. It's incredible. Well, I feel like for me, um, like sometimes it's frustrating and annoying, like breastfeeding because you're the only one that can feed them. And then like, sometimes it's just like, I need a break because <laughs> I breastfed Addie until she was 11 months old and I'm still breastfeeding Ellie and she's eight months old. And like, yeah, like I love breastfeeding. I love all the cuddle time and stuff, but I also like hate the abuse I get. <laughs> she's literally so rough like she's such a rough eater she pulls on my nipple she like bites me scratches me like my boobs are like wrecked right now because of her um but I'm pulling through um but yeah she won't take a bottle so when she's hungry and she wants to eat I'm like the only one that can feed her. She'll take, she'll drink water out of a baby bottle. But as soon as you try to give her milk out of a baby bottle, she's like too smart. She's like, absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not drinking this. Um, So yeah. And I actually had the opposite problem. Like my milk comes in really fast and it comes in too fast. So my biggest struggle with breastfeeding for the first like couple months was just like being in like, excruciating pain because my boobs literally felt like they were about to explode. Um, and I had to pump all the time. There was a, like when we first, there was like a part of my breast pump that was missing and we had to go to the store and get it so that it would work properly. And when we got home, I remember driving and we hit like a few bumps and just like hitting the bumps, like literally felt like somebody was punching me as hard as they could in the chest. Um, and then when we finally did get home, I couldn't even like use the pump. I had to get Taylor to do it because it hurt so bad. I didn't even like want to touch it. And I was like squeezing onto a blanket and then it felt so much better. Like after I pumped, but every time she slept for like longer than three hours, I would almost like want to wake her up just to like make her eat because it, they were so full. <laughs> like I couldn't even keep up with pumping. I have, I had so much frozen milk at the beginning and I, I have, I've had to throw a bunch out because it like went past overdue the like six months that it's allowed in the freezer right. and, uh, she won't take it out of a bottle. <laughs> so I've just had to like throw milk out, which is super sad. Um, but I actually heard you can donate your breast milk. And if I would have known that I would have probably done that. Oh, yeah. If I was, like, uh, my husband and my family nicknamed me Betsy the Cow. Yeah. (laughs) Because once it came, I mean, it came. Like, we would be shopping. And my, my, you know how the the pads for the the, leak? Yeah, I would fill them. Yeah, yeah. So the shirts would even get soaked and you would see, like, the circles. Yeah. Uh, that happened to me so many times. I used to always wake up with like wet t-shirts in the morning (laughs) when I woke up, I was like, Oh, this sucks. Then I have to go for a shower and do so much laundry. Um, but yeah, no, I went through those breast pads like crazy. And then my mom was like, you should try like the material ones. And I was like, no, they don't work because I literally just like leak too much. Yeah. I remember. (laughs) I also remember now that we're talking about this, when my son would breastfeed on one boob, the other boob would leak. So I would like yell at my husband, go get the bottle, every drop counts. Yeah. I would 
not joking, like probably get one to two ounces of just dripping milk on the other boob. Meanwhile, he would breastfeed on the other one. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, like that was it. So before I would do the bottle, I would just let it leak, right? Because I was like, well, what do I do? Yeah. And I would always get my either the pillow, like the boppy, it would either get soaked or like my shirt was soaked and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm tired of feeling this wetness meanwhile I'm feeding. So like it's just something rang in my head, but a bell like rang in my head, you know, my head. And it's like, Audrey, get a bottle and say, yeah. like, oh yeah. my gosh. But the way you say the bottle that she wouldn't take it, um, what do you call it? I, how do I say it? Like, I tried the day of that he was born to give him the pacifier, right? Yeah. Because they like let that be his soother and not your nipple because yeah. they like to let your nipple become their pacifier. He did not take it. And I was like, oh my God, maybe it's the pacifier he doesn't like. I bought every pacifier you could think of. Like I even went to the Mexico one where they have like the honey and it's like super soft. Yeah. <laughs> and not even that. And I'm like, oh my God, like what does he want or what, how, you know, what is he going to do? And nope, nothing. So no bottle, no pacifier for the, yeah. Maybe a, a year and a half that he went from boob to sippy cup. He never got a bottle. Yeah. Ellie does not take a soother either. Um, we try to put it in her mouth and she just like chews on it and it falls out. <laughs> like she uses it more as like a teething toy. Like she won't like suck on yes. it like a normal baby. But it's weird because my oldest didn't take one either. And I'm like, maybe I just have kids that like don't like soothers. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I like my friends and my cousin actually had a baby, uh, three weeks before and she is also breastfeeding and she gave a soother to her daughter and she takes it. No problem. I was like, that's not fair. <laughs> I want, I want Ellie to take a soother. Yeah, I know. I wish it was easier then, but now I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. Like it's just a story to tell and whoever can relate. It's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so many breastfeeding struggles, like, and then just like breastfeeding in public. Like I'm, I like so for moms like not caring and just like whipping their boob out, whatever. But for me, like I have to cover up. Like it's just a me thing. Um, I don't know what it is. I just like don't feel comfortable doing that personally. So I always cover up. And like at first it wasn't a huge deal because she just like laid there. But now breastfeeding like in front of even like if I'm just at like a family member's house or like a friend's. I try to feed her and her arms are like everywhere, pulling the blanket off. She wants to see everything. I'm like, this is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like doesn't, yeah, it just like doesn't work. So I usually just have to like go in another room or try to hide. <laughs> yeah. So on Friday, I did a, a post about mom shaming and about five out of the seven girls that did it with me because we did it as like a little mom group yeah like five of them did breastfeeding and about two out of the five got like from a mom shaming post they got mom shamed on their own post I'm like I don't get it like this is the whole point like yeah. if you don't like it just scroll you know yeah and that's the thing is that people have an opinion and they're always gonna have one so regardless of you know like I'm just I was like you like when I was breastfeeding I would go literally I would go sit in the restroom 
in the toilet seat, like yeah. the toilet paper, sit there and feed my child. I'm like, this is so disgusting. Like, I don't, I don't eat in the bathroom. Like, why is my kid eating in the bathroom? Yeah. So then that's when I started going to the truck, and then I would feed him in the truck, and then it would get hot, and I'm like, I have to turn on the truck. Meanwhile, everybody's eating inside, and I'm over here, and you know, it was just so frustrating because of the fact that I could not feel comfortable feeding my child in a public place because of the looks I would probably get, or yeah, you know, just having big breasts in general like it was it's hard to do it either way because it's like it's uncomfortable like it's not just like a you know like if I had a, a size a or b yeah know, I would <laughs> I'm like the queen of the itty bitty titty committee so oh girl lucky <laughs> yeah like I've got nothing like as soon as I'm done breastfeeding I'm literally gonna be like flat as a pancake again but it's fine <laughs> so I'm enjoying the boobs I have while I have them now Oh my gosh yeah so no it, it's it's just something in itself I mean you know it's it's beautiful it really is but I just wish the support was there from the people on the outside because they yeah. realized that I cried a million times just to breastfeed and then I get to breastfeed and then I get all these you know comebacks like oh when are you gonna stop breastfeeding he's already two years old he should be like drinking out a, a sippy cup or he already goes to daycare and then he comes home and drinks you know, um, uh, he, he breastfeeds. It's like, what, you know, I'm like, you guys, it's not your child at the end of the day. You're not yeah. the one having to worry about it. You don't feed him. Like it's not your body. It shouldn't yeah. bother you. Yeah. You know? And it should totally be like a mom and baby thing. And like, for me, I remember talking to you about this before, but, um, when Addie was born, like my first was born, I was like, I had a plan. I was like, oh, I'm going to breastfeed for six months and then I'm going to switch her to formula and then I'm going to be done because everybody said, oh, it's super important to breastfeed in the first six months and then you can switch them to formula and then milk or whatever. Um, yeah. But like as soon as six months hit, like she wasn't ready to stop. So I had like no choice but to continue and I'm glad that I did continue. So like for some people, like you said, when people are like, oh, why are you still breastfeeding? Like you, sometimes you literally just like can't stop. Yeah, no, you can't. It's because like I know that a lot of moms also uh, reach out for like how did you wean, you know, the weaning part. Yeah. Um, when it comes to them not wanting to breastfeed anymore. And I'm like, honestly, it just depends on the child at the end of the day, because you can try all you want, but if you're going to cause anxiety to your own baby, like why would you even do that? Just, you know, I understand if maybe like the mom has to go back to work, you know, because yeah, there's, there's no different circumstances. Yeah. But if you can just continue and you're just a stay at home mom, like you're at the end of the day, you're going to like, just wish you did continue when that child is four years old, you know, like on his own. And you're just like, Oh my God, like if I just did two more months or if I just did it, like, you know, the, until he told me that his body was ready to let go of me, you know, because yeah. that's ultimately what it is. The baby saying, mom, I'm ready to let go. Like yeah. put me on something else, you know, that's how I take it. So when they talk about weaning the baby, I'm just like, I'm out. Like I can't, I'm just so sensitive to it. Like I just don't have a feedback, you know, I don't yeah. have an opinion or best advice for it. And you had said with your second, you didn't breastfeed for as long. So your first, you breastfed for two and a half years. And how long did you breastfeed with your second again? Um, so my second one, he was probably less than a month for sure. Unfortunately, I, yeah. it hurts me to say that because, you know, the first one was like full on. But it's just because um, 
of the same thing that I felt like I was going to put myself through the depression because I guess it's just me. Like my milk flow takes forever. Yeah. So my husband was like, Audrey, it's okay if you decide to formula feed. Like no one's judging you. No one even knows, you know, and he kind of helped me, you know, I guess come to reality. Like it's okay. You know, you it's going to be fine. Um, so you've, you've had like both experiences, like breastfeeding for two years and then formula feeding. Yes. And, um, so which one would you say was harder, like breastfeeding with your first or was formula feeding harder? Cause there's like pros and cons to both. Like obviously breastfeeding is a lot cheaper cause you don't have to pay for it. Um, but I feel like when I had switched Addy to bottles that I had all these bottles to clean that I did never had to clean before. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. So, uh, yeah, I would say, well, let me, let me give you both sides. My yeah. side and my husband. <laughs> so for me, breastfeeding was the hardest because I was literally like 24 seven feeding, right? Basically yeah. that's what it feels like because you're never like, you're on demand. Yeah. Yes, literally. Well, for me, it was hard because at night, it was like I would see my husband asleep. And, like, I would just wake him up, I guess, because of the frustration and tell him, like, wake up. You know, just, just watch me breastfeed or something. Yeah. Um, Keep me company. To, yeah. Like, just talk to me. <laughs> compared to when it's formula feeding, all we have to do is you know, make the bottle, it's ready there on the bed. You can literally have three bottles ready and then you just pop them in the baby's mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's so easy because you kind of like, well, I guess both of you and your partner can, you know, rotate compared to just mom. I mean, it's just the boob, the mom, you know, has to feed. Yeah. Uh, I remember my husband telling me one time, though, he's like, how can I help you? Like, I can't breastfeed. So, you know, what, like, where do I come in? And I'm like, you just being there helps me, but like, you need to be there. You know, that yeah. support comes a long way when a mom breastfeeds the entire time. Like, it is so hard. It's draining. Um, there's no hours. There's no schedule. It's, I mean, I'm hungry. Feed me now. I don't care where I'm at. Like, feed me. That's the baby telling you, you know? Yeah. So that. And that's like the other thing too. Like I'm still breastfeeding right now and I eat so much more than I regularly do because Ellie literally sucks like the life out of me. <laughs> yes. That's another thing is that you are also hungry. So your kitchen better be stocked all the time when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. And I get like hangry. <laughs> like I get angry when I'm like hungry. Like the baby gets hangry. I also get hangry. Yeah. We just, we're just as hungry as them because it's like, you're taking all my nutrients. I got to stock up more so that I can give you more. Yeah, exactly. So how did you deal with the transition from one to two? And like you said before, after you had your first, you had gone back to work, but after you had your second, it was a lot more work. So you actually stayed home. So how did you deal with that? And like, how did that affect you? So, um, starting from the hospital, like it was when I had my second child, um, it's not that I, you know, was in denial of it, like wanting to accept that I had a second child, but it was just the fear of how do I give my attention to both of them at the same time? Yeah. And 
make sure that I'm actually making neither one feel left out. Yeah. I like the best mom that I could be. Um, it was definitely difficult. It was really, really hard. And I think a lot of that came from why I left my job, just because I wanted to be able to show them both all the love that I could. Um, I cried a lot <laughs> right after I had my son. Um, my second one, which is Levi, I cried because um, I did not have Landry in the room. So already a piece of me was missing. Like, I'm, I'm doing this without Landry. It felt like that, even though he was in the waiting room. Yeah. But to me, it felt like I want my boys to know that I love them no matter what. Like, you know, and if another child comes, I want that child to know that I love him or her as much as I love my two boys who have already been here. But it's just, it's crazy because I spent two and a half years having only one child and I was able to give him all my love and affection. And when he needed me, I was right there, like at the snap of his fingers. Yeah. So um, the second child, um, you know, then comes like, oh, I have to, well, you know, a newborn. I mean, it's like your attention is on him because you have to, you know, attend his needs. I mean, he's just a baby, eat, sleep, you know, poop. And, and that in itself is just a job. So um, what I did... Um, just, I guess, to make myself feel better and just to show Landry that I'm still here for him. Like, you know, even though there's a new baby, mom is still here. We asked my mother-in-law if she could watch my newborn. Um, he was two months old. Well, he wasn't a newborn anymore, but he was still a baby. Yeah. Um, if she could watch him and we went to the water park at the island and we just spent the day all day together. We went to the water park and then we went to the beach. And it was me, my husband, and my oldest son, Landry. And that is uh that in itself was just so powerful. Like I don't even know how to use the right word, but it was so like emotional to me because it was like this is a day that I'm gonna act like Landry is my only one one more time before yeah. I accept have two more. You know, yeah, and that's when I thought, you know what, I'm ready for this. And the transition from one to two became like the best feeling after that, you know. Yeah, and I had a super similar experience um, with Addie because when after Ellie was born, like she saw me changing her diaper and like doing everything for her all the time. So then all of a sudden, Addie wanted me to do everything for her all the time again too, and I'm like you're asking me to do things for you that you've been doing by yourself since you were two. <laughs> like, you know how to do this. And she'd be like, no, I don't know how. Help me. Um, so I decided to take her to a strawberry farm and go strawberry picking, just me and her. And I dropped Adia, or I dropped Ellie off at my grandma's with my mom um, because she was visiting and she lives nearby. So we just, we didn't do a whole day, but we just did like an hour, just me and her. And like when we were driving back to my grandma's house, when we were done, I had like tears in my eyes. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, this is how it used to be all the time. And like, no wonder she's like acting out. This is a huge transition for her too. Right. And like, I feel like that in itself needs to be talked about more because having a baby come home to a family where your first was the center of attention all the time that's super hard for them. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still babies, too. Like, 
we see a two-year-old and we think, oh my God, they know so much and they are so independent. But at the end of the day, they like, you know, they rely on mom. Mom is everything. And dad is there too. But I mean, it's like, you know, anything, like I can be under a tree with my mom and I have the world, you know, but if mom's not there, everything's missing. So that's what I felt with Landry, um, that he felt like, where's mom? You know, that, that day, and I think it was like two days or I'm not too sure. I don't remember the, the amount of time you have to stay in the hospital. And he stayed home and he's like, you know, my husband's like, yes, he's asking for you. And then he would come back, you know, to the hospital. And like, I was just like, oh my God, it's so emotional. And, um, it's just, it's a transition that you have to, you know, say, I'm going to give time to my toddler because my toddler understands and my newborn doesn't. And it's okay to not neglect your newborn, but to ask for help and give that attention to your toddler because ultimately he or she is, you know, facing, you know, their own, their own struggle that we don't even think they think they think we think they have, you know, because they're kids, they don't know, they don't understand, but they do, you know? Yeah. And it is definitely something, it's definitely something huge, a topic that honestly, I don't think anybody ever talks about. And if people do, it's not talked about enough. No, yeah, I rarely see people, like, talk about it. Like, I always see, like, oh, breastfeeding struggles, whatever. Um, But I rarely – I think I've seen, like, one other girl post about the struggle with the transition from one to two. Yeah, so that was really, really – I I don't know. I kind of made me emotional right now. Like, I felt the tears coming, but I I kept them in because I don't want – I do not want to cry right now. Yeah. You'll be the first to cry on my podcast. (laughs) It's like when you feel that throat, that that, not that throat, but the knot in your throat, and you're like, okay, let me just let her talk a little more so I can go away. Yeah, no, I know. And like you feel like your face getting red. (laughs) And you're like, no, don't cry, no, don't cry, no, don't cry. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, it's super emotional and it's like it's super sad because yeah, like your kids just love you so much and they have all your time and attention. And then you have to literally give them like half of what you gave them before. And yeah, that's like, we go through like postpartum, but I feel like they go through postpartum too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I would honestly love to see maybe like a psychologist, you know, do studies on a child after, you know, accepting the news that they have a sibling coming. It's yeah. Like, their reactions are real. Like when they, when you tell them that they have a brother or sister coming, like, you know, pay attention to them. And, and when I told my son, this was another thing that really got me was I was still breastfeeding while I was pregnant. And, you know, the whole, I mean, the myths and the stories of back then, how they say that you need, you can't breastfeed when you're pregnant because you could lose, you know, your child. Yeah. I, I was, you know, I was terrified by it. And I was like, but I don't want to stop breastfeeding because he's not ready. And just because another baby's coming, I already feel like I'm, you know, telling Landry no. Like, he hasn't even been born and Landry already has to be told no, you know? Yeah. Uh, There's already so, changes being made. Yes. And I was like, okay, Landry. So I would tell him, mommy's boobies hurt or mommy um, doesn't have any more milk. And those were things that made me feel like, I'm lying to a child who just wants me. And it's just like, it's, I don't know. It kind of also feels like it's, um, like, 
how would I say, um, where you just are going to constantly remember it, like kind of a traumatic, you know, like it, it, it hits you to where it's like always going to be there and you're never going to forget that you had to tell your child at one point, you know, stop needing me because somebody else is coming in. And it's just, I, I just feel it's so, it's so touching because it's like, it's, I don't know. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to Mm. that's okay (laughs) you're so sweet it's really hard yeah no I remember my husband saying I want to try to understand you but but I can't because you know you're the bomb and at the end of the day the boys want you you know I tell them, like, he would be like, I tell them to sleep with me. And they say, no, mommy, mommy. And it's like, you know, it's it's always going to be mom at the end of the day. So when this transition, when this transition happens, I mean, I, I just pray moms reach out to other moms who have two plus kids because we understand, you know. Yeah. And we can help each other out and be there for one another but no yeah I cried so many times and Taylor would say like the same thing he'd be like I understand he would be or he'd be like okay you're crying like I don't understand your frustration like I (laughs) like I literally don't know what you're crying over right now like he just didn't get it but he's like just tell me what to do like I don't know what to do for you right now and I was like I don't know just hug me (laughs) like that would probably make me feel better a little bit or maybe not at all I don't know yeah I'm just I mean like I I tell my husband just be there I because honestly sometimes like you say I don't know why I'm crying and um, he always goes back to when we were planning our wedding and he's like you would cry out of nowhere Audrey like I can't I don't I can never forget that and you would just be like no more no more because like I just wanted to stop crying sometimes you know yeah um and he would be like and I just watched you and I would say, you know what, like this woman is going to be such a good mom because you already had emotions when you were only like three months. And, you know, it's just, you just, you know, I mean, there's no instructions to how to become a mom or how to raise your kids. But I mean, when you love them and you love them hard, there's nothing better than just having a mom be present in your life, you know? Yeah, and a dad, of course. A dad makes the the missing puzzle piece perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna ask you what is your best tip to give to a mom, but I feel like that what you just said is it. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um. So that being said, like, do you have anything else like for a mom struggling with breastfeeding or struggling with the transition from one to two? Is there anything else that you could say to like help them get through it? I think the best advice or tip that I could give is just reach out to another mom. Um, because even though she might not want to put it out there that she's been there, she has been, and it might be difficult for her to bring back. Cause it's kind of something you want to, you know, it's emotional and you don't want to dig up that, that little hurt that you, you went through, but it helps at the end of the day to talk about it because then you realize that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, so I think that's just the best thing. Always just try to connect, you know, because you're not alone. And honestly, this influencing journey has showed me that 
oh my god I thought you know I struggled with depression I struggled with anxiety I thought I was alone I thought my world was coming to an end you know um but you know little do I know that I've met you know amazing beautiful women including you I mean <laughs> we talked when we met we talked for like an hour I think yeah, we, we texted for like two minutes and then we just FaceTimed each other and we talked for an hour <laughs> over FaceTime. Yeah. Yes, like if we knew each other because a mom will understand a mom when she needs, you know, to be heard. And I just feel like that's it. That's like everything, you know, when a mom can connect with another mom and just come together and feel like, okay, I'm not alone. And God has placed you where I just needed that person to just help me get through whatever little difficult, you know, moment I had in my life. Because then tomorrow comes and it's just a beautiful day and yeah. you are, you know, you are fine and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you did and for being so sweet and humble and kind like you are. <laughs> absolutely um and yeah thank you so much and I love your Instagram and I love everything that you share because you do share a lot of personal stuff about yourself and I feel like that helps a lot especially for you like for having such a big influence I'm sure there's a lot of moms that follow you that can relate as well and that's why when I saw I was like oh my gosh I was like she'd be perfect to have on thank you so much you know it's it's definitely um something that pour yourself out on a platform like that because you never know who's watching yeah but I also say you never know who's watching in silence and they too could be suffering but that post you shared in the morning when that mom was crying and just needed that that little piece of or that little help or that faith or that hope in her life she comes across your post and she sees that you're dealing with the exact same thing she's dealing with. It's like, Oh my God, then I remember why I'm doing this, you know? So I, you know, another thing is for that mom who just feels like maybe I shouldn't share my life on Instagram. Yeah. You don't have to share your whole life. I mean, not a hundred percent of my life is on there because yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) If I shared everything, people would be like, she is insane. (laughs) I think all of us are. Yeah. But it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's best, um, you know, it's best to choose what you want to share because, I mean, you're going to be judged, but then you're going to be loved by the ones who, you know, choose to follow you for the person that you are. So, yeah, I just think ultimately be yourself and you will find and connect with the right people. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing amazing. Thank you so much. You're the best. (laughs) So are you. (laughs) If you'd like to follow Audrey, she seriously has such amazing content and she's such a sweet and amazing and kind girl. Her Instagram is a-U-D-R-E-Y-J-U-D-I-T-H underscore. So just Audrey Judith underscore. Um, her name's the Latina CBD Mama. So if you can give her a follow and show her some love, I'm sure she would love to connect with you guys too. And if you can relate to anything that we talked about, me or her would love to talk to you about it and help you get through it too. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for listening to the Young Mom Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Young Mom Podcast. That's T H E Y O U N G M O M P O D C A S T for updates on our next episodes. And you can DM me at any time with your story to be featured on a future episode or with topics you'd like to hear more about. You can also like our page on Facebook and subscribe, rate, and review and tell all of your friends about this podcast. Thank you for all your love and support and make sure to tune in next time and come laugh and cry with us again. I'm so happy you're here and a part of this community. And if any of our stories have helped you get through a rough patch, please send me a message on Instagram and let me know. I'd love to hear from you.